Welcome to Klima, the insights and thought leadership podcast brought to you by IGS. We are a Scottish-based technology company specialising in delivering platforms that create ideal climates for plants and people. Over the course of this series, we hope to share conversations with both old friends and new from across the world who share our passion for continuous innovation and a refusal to accept conventional technical thinking. We are very lucky to have the chance to talk today with Peter Lederer, one of the UK's foremost leaders in hospitality. From his early career working in hotels in Canada to his return to the UK to join the world-famous Glen Eagles Hotel, where he stayed for 30 years, rising to managing director and then chairman, Peter has been a pivotal figure in hospitality, and he is a true ambassador for Scottish and UK hospitality on a global stage. We talked to Peter today to gain his insights into the hospitality and food sectors and the impacts they are experiencing currently. We look at both the opportunities and challenges this situation presents and the necessity for innovation to keep a vitally important part of the economy alive. Hello, Peter, and welcome to Klima. Good morning. Hello. We are delighted that you can join us today. With, to help with setting the scene, I wondered if you'd be able to tell me, Peter, where you are today as you talk to us. Yes, I'm in, at home in a very quiet central Edinburgh. Excellent. Oh, well, you're, you're not too far from me because I'm, I'm also in Edinburgh today um, and also at home. Peter, you have deep experience and insight into the hospitality and food sectors, both in your executive and non-executive careers. I'm keen to explore a number of different areas with you today from a, both a, a UK and global perspective. But first off, we cannot ignore how the past year and, and the fallout of the COVID pandemic has impacted the hospitality sector around the world in ways that might have been unimaginable in the past. Peter, I wondered if you could share some of your own observations looking at your areas of experience as to what this has meant for hospitality and leisure industries, both at home here in the UK and internationally? Uh, yes, well, firstly, I mean, internationally, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed picture. If you look at uh, places like China, for example, and some areas in the Far East, they are getting back to where they were pre-COVID. So that, that's kind of a positive uh, view going forward that, it, it, that we will come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at obviously Europe, um, parts of uh, North and South America, uh, other parts of the world, it's still pretty tough going. I mean, I've never seen anything as dramatic as this in my career or lifetime. Um, and in, in the UK, it's having I mean, the cities, I mean, we talk about Edinburgh, you know, Edinburgh, Glasgow, London, you know, are really, really hugely impacted, uh, running in you know, 10, 20% is, is not unusual in hotels in the middle of cities. Whereas in the countryside, hotels, well, pre this latest lockdown, have been doing very well because as people can't travel abroad, uh, discovering your own country becomes, uh, becomes more important. And the other thing is, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, is, is, the, is, the, is the pent-up demand that's there because there is no question the moment things open up, you can see how desperate people are to get out to go and eat or see friends, go and have a drink at the pub, 
um, go and stay somewhere nice and uh, travel is is so it will come back it's just how it's going to come back I think will be the issue yeah I, I mean there are several terms that have been thrown about transformation you know the need for change <clears throat> this this idea of and some a phrase that some people you know love it or loathe it the sort of idea of a new normal um, that will be emerging and, 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 you, and, you know, and for various different industries and for, for life, I suppose that's the way people are talking about it. Uh, although you have given very positive sort of indications when you were talking about China and the Far East and how life appears to have gone back to a, some sort of normality. Would you say those terms and phrases go far enough to sum up the dramatic evolution that in industry, the sort of hospitality and leisure industries have had to face or are adapting to currently? Um, yes, I, th I think it'll be a mixed picture as it always is. I think there will be the uh, innovators and the people who see everything as an opportunity and will look at the hospitality and catering industry and say, you know, what has this taught us and where are the opportunities to, to grow now? There'll be a group, in the large group in the middle who will kind of muddle through and um, as we, you know, our industry, hospitality industry is not the most innovat innovative in the world but this may cause them to be a bit more innovative. Mm. Um, and then there'll be those who lose completely. Um, and I think the, the, the scale of that will be the interesting thing to see. I mean, it's, um, it really depends you know, how quickly things come back. And that, that's the big unknown at the moment. You know, will we see recovery in 21? Or is this going to continue through a good, good part of next year? Uh, in which case uh, the, the situation becomes, becomes a lot more difficult. But it, I think in terms of the innovation, I think it will, it has, interestingly, it's given, I mean, I've reflected in the last six months, how much time it's interesting as a leader, you know, when you've got time to think how much good stuff comes out of that. Um, and when you've got time to think and time to uh, look at, you know, what, what, what might happen and the innovations that might be then, and where the opportunities might lie, then it's, I think if, if the industry's had that time to think, uh, then the, the the smart and the innovative people will will push on and push forward. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear. A, a, I think broadly positive perspective that you're looking ahead to the future. I suppose that is that that is what you would hope from a leader. But I think it's difficult to sometimes. There's such a sort of quagmire of negative stories around these sectors that actually it's very um, refreshing to hear a really sort of positive um, view and and this need for innovation um, I'm interested to know in terms of that innovation what sort of areas of opportunity you see for the hospitality and food sectors as well because that's where you have a large area of experience too and um, are there <clears throat> particular innovations or, or trends that you seeing as you see as being exciting or impactful um, that could help innovate the sectors? Yeah, I, mean, I think some, uh, what COVID has done in, in some areas of innovation, it's going to, uh, and it's going to accelerate what was happening already. So if you look, for example, at hotels, you know, the huge growth of very limited service hotels, and how the consumer has very quickly and happily adapted to a model where actually you, you check into a, well, actually you book a hotel, you check in online, you arrive at the hotel, you go to a machine and type in your name, it gives you a key card, you go to your room, you sleep six hours, seven hours, 
you leave the next morning and you get an email of your credit card. You've never met a human being in the whole process. Mm. So you know, we were already you know, kind of moving in all innovations like that, where consumers were actually saying, that suits me for a business trip to London when I'm literally just going somewhere to sleep in a shower. Um, now, if I take my wife to London to go you know, for an anniversary, I want to stay in a nice hotel. I want the full service and I want the whole, the, the, the whole range of services. Um, so I think that, that kind of differentiation and you know, using technology uh, and actually listening to consumers is going to drive, accelerate that kind of uh, using technology and using, you know, it does reduce costs. Um, but, but actually, it's what the consumer do, doesn't want to pay for things that they don't use, typically. Um, so I think that the innovations like that and the same in, in the restaurant sector, you know, the, the move towards um, more local and, you know, people, customers wanting to know where the food comes from, you know, how it was prepared, how it's presented, what the chef's values are, you know, all of these kind of things that were happening anyway. Mm. That is, I think, will accelerate dramatically. And then I think the the whole range of uh, technological developments, both in, in hospitality and in the food sector, you know, will drive um, considerable change. And I think the consumer will be very open to change given what's just happened. They'd be more open to change actually now. Uh, and, and if you link that to a huge pent up demand for good food, you know, good, you know, interesting travel and, and experiences, then I think that bodes well for the future for those people who can innovate and adapt themselves for the market and, and actually, frankly, survive because some people won't survive this. There's no question. Mm. You can't you know, lose out as much as we have for a year and expect everybody to survive. They won't, even if the government tries, um, not everybody will survive. First part of my question is what you think this sort of pent up demand that has been brought around by travel will do to more local sort of hospitality and, and food, uh, sort of food requirements in restaurants and things. And then the second part is the impact that that restricted travel will have on supply chain for, uh, you know, supplying these to this, the, the industry. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's a, I think the moment things are opened up, I think there'll be a huge push to, to travel as wherever people can. One of the issues obviously is what airlines are going to be there left and what airports will be left um, because you know, both of those are under enormous pressure, probably more than anything else. Um, so what survives there will, be, will, drive, will dictate some of that. But um, uh, I think people discovering their own country is good. I think people have discovered, you know, certainly in Scotland and in, in the rest of the UK, people are realizing that actually they've got quite a nice country they live in and they don't know much of their own country. So I think there is a, a, an element of that. But I do suspect the moment um, uh, sunshine destinations open up, that will drop locally and people will want to travel to the, to the sunshine. That's Indeed. just the British, British trend. <laughs> well, we um, both live in Scotland. I think that's certainly uh, yeah, yes, well, that's right. something so, I'm looking for. So I think that will change very quick, as quickly as airlines and airports and, and the, 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 the pandemic allows, you know, people will, will want to do that. Um, I think it'll be shorter distance first, so close markets first, um, and then the, then the long distance things may, may open up later. Um, 
as far as supply chains, I think it's, just, it's a similar situation. I think it's, um, I mean, one of the worries I've got, you know, somewhere like Scotland, for example, is, you know, we, we were, were building and had revolutionized the food and drink industry in Scotland and some amazing artisan suppliers mm-hmm. uh, doing some wonderful produce um, and protecting them and trying to uh, allow them to survive is a real priority. And I'm not sure whether we can, and if the government um, doesn't kind of focus on this supply chain, the, the food area a lot more, then we are going to lose a lot of suppliers who have built up a very good business in at very high quality um, and very good uh, businesses, both as a, in their domestic markets and, uh, to, and export. And I do fear we'll lose that if we don't focus on that industry. I mean, obviously, people aren't as able to go out and eat in restaurants and cafes and hotels. There's been this talk of this scratch cooking movement where people are looking, uh, I suppose, to cook from scratch. And you would wonder whether there was a greater opportunity with that sort of momentum behind it to enhance the need or, or to create a better market for, for locally grown food? Well, it, it's, it's difficult for me. I think some have managed to switch to uh, more uh, uh, you know, direct sales, um, but they really need the restaurant trade to be operating in the hotel business to offer. That's you know, the vast majority mm-hmm. of the, 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 the business. Uh, it, it has been. So switching suddenly to domestic. Um, I think there's an element of people who are, from scratch, I think that's fine. They're enjoying lockdown because they're learning to cook and improving their skills. But there's quite a large chunk of the population too who don't want to do that and are still, which is why um, deliveries are are doing so well and and restaurants are surviving on delivery to home uh, because people don't want to do all that work. Um, So, um, yeah, so, but I think um, the, 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 the more global situation with supply that I, going to worry about is that we talk about air miles and buying locally and we can sit here in a relatively wealthy country and say we'll just buy everything locally but what does that do to overseas markets Mm -hmm. small countries who are totally dependent on selling um, raspberries to Scotland in winter for example yeah um, and so we could take a very selfish and very you know, closed decision to say, well, we'll just keep our supply chains short and we'll just do everything as much as we can locally. Um, but that puts at risk many other countries who rely on international uh, exports. Um, and then you've got the whole air mile situation. Then you've got, will you have airlines to move things around and you know, will we have shipping so it's a you know there is a a big transition but I think it will I mean it'll sort itself out but it is going to take a while to sort out and as I say like the hospitality industry not all suppliers will will survive it. Well and it's going to be essential to innovate I think that's that's absolutely very apparent on one of the areas I mean yes I I do agree with you there has to be this idea of just saying we're going to produce everything locally doesn't necessarily resonate my my seven-year-old son for example likes to eat soft fruit all year round and we don't grow it in Scotland all year round do you think as the sectors innovate and move forward there will be a requirement for a sort of greater education of consumers more broadly I mean both both sort of in individual countries but from a sort of global consumer perspective 
yes, I, th I mean, I think it's a, a, a subtle process. I mean, I'm not sure about educating consumers as opposed to kind of almost showing what's possible. I mean, it's interesting, and this is why the, um, the, the all the work that's gone on, particularly in this country. I mean, if you look at when I started out in the hotel industry in the UK, you know, if you talked about good food and and good hotels, you would you you'd, you'd have a laugh. Um, um, compared to uh, some other places around the world. But mm. if you look at what's happened to UK food and drink um, and hospitality industry, you know, we're kind of world leaders in, in all, a lot of these areas. And I think we've got to take that leadership and say, well, what, 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 what's next? And if you think about you know, whether it's supply or whether it's innovation, whether it's the technology, all of these areas, there are opportunities for us to lead the world in uh, showing what can be done. And I think using when you look at what chefs have done to how they've changed people's understanding and views about food and how they think about food at home um, and how that and how they've kind of influenced supermarkets and, and then in turn how supermarkets have, have um, influenced the consumer um, i think it's it, it's it, it, that education and that uh, influence is really important and we need to we should use this time now to say okay what is it what is the story that we're going to be talking about in 21, 22, 23 mm. um, about food and drink and, the, and what kind of quality and what kind of products we want and how, how, how do we want to tell that story? Okay, no, I think that's really interesting. I mean, it is amazing just to see even locally the, the innovation that's gone on from, from chefs and, and food um, outlets particularly to innovate their models completely to ensure survival. I think it's been really remarkable from, from some of them. Um, you've talked a bit about technology, Peter. I, I'm interested to know from you just, just a bit more about how important you think technology will be in driving forward innovation in in both food production um, and more broadly across the sort of hospitality sector, um, I, I think it'll be, be be critical. If you, I mean, if you take my old uh, my old haunt at Glen Eagles, for example, and if you look at the, the late Andrew Fairley, wonderful chef, and mm. if you look at what he was doing with his kitchen garden, for example, and what the hotel, how the hotel thinks about food, and how uh, important that is to their the whole offer, um, how, how they can um, innovate and have products that are consistent and of the highest quality uh, is what they're interested in. So that, that particular buyer at one hotel, that's what they're interested in. So they, they will look at and want to see how their suppliers you know, are both improving quality and being more consistent in the quality of that product. So can they get the absolute consistency at, at a very highest level that they don't have to um, uh, worry about um, the ups and downs that, that you used to have in restaurants just because you, you know, some days you could get the, the product and sometimes you couldn't. So I think technology will kind of iron out some of those uh, inconsistencies, but also make it potentially, I mean, it will drive down costs uh, potentially uh, and that's always of interest and that if that can pass on to consumers if people can have higher quality food um, at, at better value then all to the good and i think that's what the consumer will be looking for um, having said that i think um, 
people, we also have to tell a better story about the cost, what is the true cost of food? Because I think we, the supermarkets have done a great job, but in a way they've kind of almost devalued uh, food in the sense that you know, people have to understand what it really costs. Sure. Um, and, I, and we have to say that that's part of that story I was talking about, but we need to spell out for the future. But tech, I think technology, certainly in the hospitality sector, the food supply sector and the drinks industry, you can see it uh, being dri driven all the time, whether it's uh, increasing quality, uh, whether it's allowing them to be more productive, whether it's being more efficient, um, uh, it, all, all of those improvements, uh, incremental improvements are coming through through to the market all the time. And I think COVID will accelerate all of that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really interesting. I mean, you've you've you have talked about innovation, changing the sector will have to will have to move forward and and evolve. Just with the transition and then the this, this sort of um, innovation required across these sectors, do you think there will be a greater need for staff to retrain or reskill? Um, it was. I mean, this is my biggest worry at the moment. I mean, the jobs i mean somebody told me that uh, 48 percent of hotel jobs in edinburgh have gone already um you know there's some frightening numbers wow. um about uh, you know what, what what's what's happening to the industry and whether hotels and restaurants can survive through the winter um having said that the industry you know is very resilient uh it is it is absolutely dependent on people good people mm -hmm. and uh you cannot uh, you know, however good the technology is, the technology is there to, in the hospitality industry is to support hospitality. And hospitality, by definition, means great people looking after great customers. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there will be, uh, there'll be a, um, uh, it, it, people will start hiring again. And, but I think they will look at it in terms of, well, firstly, what do I need? And then what quality of people do I need and what kind of training and development do I need uh, in this new climate uh, to be successful? And I think that will be a bit of a, a shift in the industry. Um, you know, the skills are going up all the time. And I think with, uh, with what COVID's taught us is that, you know, we will, we will require very good people, very well trained, continuing development. Um, there may be less of them, uh, because of the technology and the way we reinvent re the industry, um, mm -hmm. about both uh, restaurants, hospitality, and the food sector. But there, it, it, the skills part of it will be key because there will be different skills around technology and around how we market and present the industry. We've talked about there are considerable setbacks of the pandemic. I think you've been both positive but realistic in the impacts this could have. Um, we also do have in the UK Brexit approaching us as well. And I, I'm just interested as a sort of concluding thoughts, um, what you see as opportunities and areas for excitement across the UK food, drink and hospitality sectors. I, I realise there are challenges, but it would be great to hear the the, the areas that you think have got the potential to have sort of positive impact. But what, before COVID, I was saying that I was hoping, and I think more than hoping, that Brexit would force the UK to really look at itself and you know, get out of this kind of slightly complacent attitude towards exports and, and towards building businesses and entrepreneurship. Um, I think 
at Brexit and COVID will create a more entrepreneurial UK. I think it will shake out some of the complacency uh, because people to survive are going to have to be much smarter uh, to get their products to particularly overseas markets. And I think how people develop the UK market will be different. So uh, if it kind of, as I say, shakes us out of that complacency, makes us far more entrepreneurial, far more focused on exports, far more um, creative and uh, almost, and become good salespeople because mm. the UK, we're not good salespeople. Uh, we don't like the word sell. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I you know, sometimes use the word in Scotland in the tourism industry that I always kind of say that Scotland has a very good sales prevention department. <laughs> um, and if you travel around and you go anywhere, you're just not sold anything. So you buy a cappuccino, but nobody says to you, you know, the chefs made these wonderful scones this morning and they're fresh out of the oven. Would you like one? If somebody says that to you, you're, most people say, absolutely, brick, you know, love one. Thank you. Yeah. But nobody says it to you. No, nobody sells. So I think if it shakes us out of that attitude and makes us more, uh, much more, uh, more salesmen and more entrepreneurial and more export focused and more market focused um, and developing our people, as we were talking about, then I think there's lots of opportunity. If we carry on just the way we were, then I think we're in for some very difficult times. That's a, that's a very sort of um, clear desire or, or, uh, ambition i suppose for for many sectors to become more entrepreneurial we've you know we've got to we've got to innovate to survive essentially absolutely um and i i think that actually leaves us on a really positive note it feels like we've just got to keep an eye on the horizon as opposed to sort of the the here and here and now i, I i'm really grateful to you peter that was most interesting um and i think we covered lots of different areas um so thank you very much indeed for your time this morning and um, no pleasure i do hope to speak to you uh, possibly into 2021 and maybe we can sort of have a revisit and look at how well with with hope how some of the areas of the hospitality and food industries are innovating and looking ahead to a future that well in, in a in a post-brexit era but also you know hopefully sort of in a post-covid era maybe i'm being too optimistic but i think that would be really interesting to talk to you again absolutely yeah thank you very much indeed peter thank you for listening to Klima, the insights and thought leadership podcast from igs if you would like to receive email notifications when we add new content to Klima please go to www.igsclima.io to sign up. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do like or share. And to find out more information about IGS, go to www.intelligentgrowthsolutions.com.